Attention. The views, information, and opinions expressed in this podcast series are solely those of the host and participants, and do not reflect the official policy, position, view, opinion, or represent any endorsement by the Christian Academy of Knoxville, its board of trustees, administration, faculty, or employees. Please, enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Penny University Podcast Debrief Number 1. I'm Eli Oaks. And I'm Case Farr. And we're here um, in a short little episode to share a little bit about what we thought about our last conversation between uh, Cole McDaniel and Caroline Myers. Yeah, so um, just going back and going over that episode, um, I thought it was a great... um, one to start off on I guess kind of our pilot episode um and I I mean I mean I have like a lot to say about like the like whole thing but just overall um I thought that the way they kind of came together at the end um and were able to find some common ground because we were thinking about naming our podcast common grounds or something like that um I thought it was great. Yeah, and um, so a little bit about, I guess, the the debriefing format in general. Uh, This was not sort of part of our original plan of the podcast, but coming out of our conversation um, with Caroline and Cole, we sort of realized we have a lot to say about this too, and we'd love to comment on a little bit about what they said um, and share some more about what we personally believe um and we don't want our personal beliefs to interfere with our interviews of anybody um, or get in the way of conversation or get in the way of uh, someone coming on and sharing what they believe um so we're keeping this in a separate episode Um, and so if this isn't your thing if you want to listen to more of just the conversations between the guests um i mean totally feel free to skip this one there'll be one next week um but yeah, this is just going to be a little bit of Case and I sharing our opinions. Yeah. Um, okay, so where to start? Um, I think... We can we can start with the in- initial question, yeah, was, what we asked them. Yeah, I think that was, um, should you pick a, like, vote for a bad candidate to stop a worse candidate or, like, politician? Um, and, I mean... For me personally, I think that you should vote based on kind of your principles. Yeah. Oh, well, before we even get into this, we can sort of address what's bound to be the elephant in the room. It's it's pretty obvious where this question's coming from, especially um, after the 2016 yeah. election. That was a mess. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, what a mess. Um, and, and we know this is something that a lot of people were really struggling with when it came down to, uh, to time to pick their candidate. Um, is who should I vote for? Should I vote for the lesser of two evils or should I vote for someone I really believe in and potentially throw my vote away? Um, okay, well, personally, I think that you should um, vote, or I personally, I'm not going to say you should because it sounds like I'm telling people to, but um, I personally choose to vote um, based on um principle and like who holds what I value to the same esteem as me um I do not think you should or I don't think that you should vote for a um bad politician to stop a worse politician um 
what do you think yeah um i think i'm basically on the same page as you um i have done a lot of thinking about this since the 2016 election because um i i guess especially for younger people like us uh case and i gen zers who haven't been super exposed to politics before the presidential election in 2016 was quite a way um to sort of dip our feet in the water and see what it was like get get thrown right (laughs) in yeah definitely um so i realized very quickly sort of right when i was first um learning about politics and getting into it um wow this is really a problem that we have to contend with potentially every election um and since that election in the i've been thinking about it a lot and i think sort of the the thing that put this question into perspective for me was you can't think about each election being the end-all be-all because I I know this is really easy to do especially now um, and I I don't want to sound all conspiracy theorist media hound right now but the the media does have sort of a habit of um, really getting people riled up about elections and maybe that's good for voter turnout but I think also at the same time it makes people really fearful about the results of the election on on both sides of the aisle either way you go um and if you get in that mindset where you think if i don't win this election it's the end of the world it can really influence how you vote for me when i put it into perspective and think even if my team doesn't win for example is it better that i push the person i don't want out of power or should I keep my standard for politicians raised? Because there's sort of two aspects of this. If I lower my standards to vote for someone just to keep someone else from winning, it becomes easier and easier, I think, over time to do that for future politicians until the bar is lowered so low for you individually, you're willing to vote for almost anyone as long as it's not the other team. Um, And then additionally, on sort of a societal level, Uh, the same thing happens we as the American culture the culture of whatever country you live in um, your democracy slowly lowers its standards or very quickly lowers its standards for the politicians that it elects and before you know it um, anybody can be in power and that's not necessarily something that you might want yeah um, I definitely think it's also good to keep in mind that the electoral college also is kind of how we decide the president rather than um us voting because if it was by the popular vote um there would be a couple different people who would have been president um over the um centuries that our um, country has been around and um i think that it's important to keep in mind that while yes your vote matters it doesn't matter to the extent that if you don't vote for somebody because you, like if you don't vote for the lesser of two evils just to push the worst out of office or what you see as the worst out of office then um it's not necessarily harming um that kind of um person's chances of winning yeah speaking of case what do you think of the electoral college um I personally, I think it's a good way um, to do things because I think that they're more informed 
than most voters. Um, and I think that they, I mean, they're elected for a reason. Um, they're not elected to make bad decisions. They're elected to make the decisions, the best decision for the people who voted to put them into power. And I just think that, I don't know that it's the best system, but I th definitely think it's a better system than just letting every single person have like the most minute say. Well, generally as a rule, they um, cast their vote based on the popular vote results in their state. Yeah, generally, but I think also that they're they're kind of as a failsafe almost too, um, to where if the person's just reprehensible and they know that, and the media has been playing up that um, the person is like this great moral um, kind of stronghold, I guess, um, that they can kind of say, hey, I know a bit more than my voters and I'm going to try and keep this person out of power because I think that that's the best decision for the people. Yeah, I have to say I'm also a fan of the Electoral College, though maybe a little bit different reason than cases. And I think for us living in small states, it's pretty common to be a fan of the Electoral College. Yeah. Um, if I lived in a state like California or New York, um, especially in really dense urban areas, I might feel differently. But I really value the the Electoral College system as almost a protection against pure democracy. I am not a pure democracy guy. Um, I think that leads to a, a tyranny of the majority and it um, can tend to uh, um, oppress the voice of people who maybe aren't on part of that majority class. I, I think the Electoral College, like Case said, is almost a fail-safe against something like that happening. Um, it definitely gives a greater voice to people who live in different areas um, and so hold different values than people who live in urban areas. Um, and like he said, I don't necessarily think it's the best system um, because in a lot of cases, even though it is, um, well, most of the time it, it falls with the popular vote anyway. I think mm -hmm. now there have been four instances where it has gone against the popular vote. And it isn't necessarily representing a voice of or it's not showing like a extreme diversity of opinion um, but more of giving a boost to rural areas which I think is an important thing to do but it's certainly not a, a total solution to the problem um, so why I think it's better than just going off the popular vote would be um, it's I don't know what we could do, um, yeah, but I'm, I'm not going to say... Coming up with political systems right <laughs> now is probably... Yeah, I, I'm definitely not going to say that it is the end-all, be-all, best solution, no questions asked. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm. We just went on like a huge tangent about the electoral college, but um, kind of back to um, the first thing we were talking about before... Um, we did that. I, I think that, um, g like saying like your vote towards the electoral college matters just as much, if not more than your vote for a candidate. And like, if 
you vote like third party, let's say like you really like the libertarian candidate and like a lot of the values that you hold, um, he holds as well or she holds as well. Um, I think that that definitely it would be your vote. Your vote would be better spent keeping your standard high, like you talked about, and not consistently lowering the bar each election until we just allow almost anyone to run. Yeah, well, this brings up a, a problem, and it's a very valid problem. Um, and Cole and Caroline uh, talked about this, um, where since we live in a country that has a two-party system, your options are either, if you happen to like one of the candidates, then you vote for them. If you don't like either of the candidates, you can uh, vote for one to keep the other one from winning. Or you can vote for someone that you genuinely agree with. But it's a valid argument to say that that is then throwing your vote away. Because since we're so entrenched in these two political parties, even if a, a sizable amount of people um, ended up voting for someone not from those two parties, um, I, I don't think it's going to be nearly enough to really push someone like that into power. So I think it's a good thing to do i think i would do it personally um and i i probably will when i do end up voting um but it's something that we do based on principle and it's not necessarily something that's really effective um certainly not as much as we would like it to be yeah it's definitely not individually effective and i wouldn't ever argue that like it would necessarily help but i would say uh, from from a Christian perspective, um, I definitely think that um, keeping your moral standards high for your leader is important, even if that's not going to affect change if it's just you. I mean, I personally think that um, we should all kind of rethink our standards for who should be leading the country, but um, obviously I can't change other people's minds. Um, and so it's not necessarily going to be effective. I just think kind of setting that example of um, saying, I'm going to vote third party or I'm going to vote for this person because I really, I really agree with what they're saying. And I think that they would be a good leader, especially if they're able to enact um, their policies. Um, that, that definitely is important, whether it ends up affecting change or not. Yeah, and... Um this, this whole problem sort of begs the question, is our two-party system even worth it? Does it do more harm than good in the long run? Um, and Cole talked about this some. He talked about how the two-party system potentially increases the efficacy of our um, national government because we don't have all of these tiny parties uh, sort of bickering for influence and, and power. Um, and Caroline talked about how it's easier... Um, she likes parties in general, but I think this can also be applied to the straight two-party system where you don't have to do extensive research into every single candidate, which can be really helpful for people who maybe don't have um, as much time in the day to do that. I think of um, immigrants or working class people who spend most of their time working, caring for their family, uh, or sleeping when they can. Um, they don't have a ton of time to go out and read books or internet articles about all the candidates running to find someone they believe in. So if they figure out which party they identify at, 
it makes the political process much easier for them. Uh, Case, do you agree with this? Do you think that a two-party system is beneficial for us? Um, I definitely don't. I don't necessarily like the two-party system. Um, I just think even though people can't, like some people don't have the time to research, I think that based on our media and the resources that are readily available, um, that they they aren't even being informed like just like even like on like the most basic level um, because our media is either biased one way or biased another way and I don't think that we can unbiased media but um, I think that it definitely causes um, people to vote for something maybe they don't believe in but they don't know that they don't believe in it um, but I'm not <laughs> I can't really come up with a good solution because I think um, if you look, we would even just trend towards a two-party system. Even if we, even if we developed like four or five parties, let's say, like I think that they would kind of start to blend together, and like some of them would kind of fall off because they aren't the majority, um, and so they're not going to have seats in like House or Senate. Um, yeah, we definitely have to rethink our voting system <laughs> if we wanted to achieve a two-party system, um, or if we wanted to get rid of our two-party system, rather. Um, because, yeah, Case, I think you're exactly right in um, our sort of method of voting, um, where it's sort of winner-takes-all over time. Eventually, everything's going tr- to trend um, towards two big parties. Um, but I think especially in... A country that's as large and populous as the United States if our goal in government and political parties is to have a platform that represents the interests of the people um, we see more and more that the political parties aren't really in uh, representing a specific group but almost an average of a collection of groups so now nobody's really being represented by a party but we're just sort of having to settle for a party yeah um i don't think that that was what was initially intended to happen because when our country was founded we were much 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 smaller um i mean obviously the population of the world was probably a great deal smaller um and we so the way that our government is set up it's not necessarily um set up to encompass this many people even though we are able to make amendments and even though we are able to enact new laws and um, change that the way our government is set up the bureaucratic process is much much slower than the changing of the culture the population um, even popular ideas Um, and so I don't think that I don't think that voters should have to settle, but I think for that to not happen, there have to be an incredible amount of change. Um, and I, it'd be really difficult to change our government um, constitutionally. Yeah, yeah. If if we're wanting to better represent people and their different ge- geographical locations and their different interests and their different values we could potentially do that by 
having a whole bunch of small parties, which would require us again to completely change our voting system, um, and which still wouldn't achieve the same level of representation that we might want, because it's almost impossible to fit that much representation into such a small uh, legislative branch. I think a much better solution is to disperse um, federal power more amongst the states and then from there amongst um, local governments. Yeah, um, that's a that's a good point. Um, I was gonna say it when you look at sports. Sorry, this is gonna seem super out there for a second. If you look at sports, generally, two only two teams play each other. You don't have in soccer. You don't have four teams playing at the same time, um, and so I think that that plays out the same in politics. That it the way that the political like race is set up, it's set up to be like a game between two people um, rather than something like um, an actual race where there can be like eight different people. Um, Cause I definitely think it's about who scores more goals rather than who runs the race better. Cause a lot of times teams can play better and get really unlucky and lose. Um, and like that happens and in the same way like a political candidate might be more moral and better equipped to lead the country but they can lose because of the two-party system um and so i definitely think that the solution lies somewhere in either more local government um or um just kind of Re, I'm not sure how you do this, but kind of rewriting a lot of like our guidelines for voting and how the electoral college works um, to encourage that. Yeah, and so on the topic of representing interests, Case, what do you think are the most important issues to us as Americans and to us as Christians living in the Bible Belt? Um, I think... Christians in general, um, I, I know for me personally, um, the moral um, rectitude of our um, president or our leaders, even in local government, I think that that's very important. I don't think that we should have somebody who um, can't be relied on to stay within the bounds of our morality um, to be like a leader in our society but I also think that we should focus on how they take responsibility too I think that even if somebody has messed up a lot and even if somebody has kind of screwed up in their past how they handle that and how they handle being asked questions about that is very important to me too um, like if they're very apologetic and um, like, yes, that was me, but like I, I've changed and you can look at my life and see like the change, like you can see, um, kind of like a change in like the stock market where it goes down and it goes back up. Like you can see like the change in like their personality and like how their deeds play out. Um, to me, that's really important as a Christian, um, to be looking for. Um, and then Maybe just as a voter, um, 
I I definitely think that having similar values is important like um, I value um, I I'm a pro-life guy um, that's been something that has been a really big issue um, and I it's not an end-all it's not the end-all be-all like if somebody holds a lot of the same values as me but doesn't is isn't pro-life then I'm okay with that but I definitely think that having a lot of the same values is important I don't think you should vote for somebody who has like almost none of the same values yeah um I mean I agree with almost everything you said there <laughs> I don't have much to add on to it I guess for me um most important issues uh, a, a big one for me is um education reform I think we have a long long way to go with um improving how we do education uh k-12 here in america um not as much concerned about reform on the um the college level or the university level um obviously there's a lot of problems there but just for me i feel like um we we have a much longer way to go with how we raise children and how we um, shape them to be open-minded people who are able um, to learn things and function for themselves. Um, I just, in, in my experience, um, the public education system hasn't been the most efficient. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of small steps that we could potentially be taking now that would get us there. Um, other than that, um, I would say probably foreign trade's a big one uh, and not putting a lot of unnecessary trade restrictions on some of our biggest trading partners um, as a general rule. <laughs> Called out a little <laughs> bit there. Um, yeah, I, I guess for me it's like, I don't know if I would say that I'm a conservative necessarily, but I'm definitely more center-right and and part of that is I, I do believe in a lot of economic freedom. So if I see someone who's sort of touting this right-wing platform even more than I am, and I feel like I personally have more free economic policies than said hypothetical person does, I don't know. I, I feel like something's amiss there. Yeah, Um I can't remember who exactly <coughs> Whoa. I can't remember who exactly uh said this, but um I think they're they were talking about like the political spectrum and uh he said it I know it was a guy, but um he said that uh it matters more what you believe rather than the background or what you call it. Like it doesn't matter if you call it right or left, up or down, or something like that, um, it matters more like what the beliefs are behind it. Um, and I think that's kind of my view on politics, kind of in a nutshell. We should totally do an episode on education reform, though. Um, yes, definitely. I would love that. Yeah, I don't think that was on our list, but... If you want to do an episode on education reform, email us. Yeah. 
All right. Um. So, final question, Case. If you could see one immediate change in how politics works in America right now, what would you want to see? I would want to see. This is a difficult question. Um, I would want to see a change in how the political system. Oh my gosh, <laughs> there's so much stuff. Um, I don't know that this is necessarily just a political change, but I would definitely love to see um, politics be the start of this. A change in how we um, talk about um, our ideas and talk about our beliefs. Because I think if you look back at our political debates from the 2016, ele- yeah, 2016 election, um, they're not good. They're really concerning, actually. Um, and this kind of set the precedent for how we talk about ideas outside of that. And to me, that that would change. That would affect change within the political system as well as outside of it. What about you? Mine is definitely more power to local governments. Nobody knows the problems that you face better than you do yourself. I'm a big federalism fan, and so that, yeah, that's that's probably my number one. Um, and with that, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Penny University Podcast, debrief number one.